This week's episode of the Top Five Report, the podcast that digs into the internet so you don't have to. Uh, my name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. Here. Hey, man. Um, so you and I did. This is a fast turnaround for us. We don't normally do a show <laughs> and then turn around and do a show again. But um, absolutely, this episode's kind of going to be a little bit of a bonus episode for our listeners. Um, this, the timing of this couldn't be like uh, a little bit more like, I don't know, frustrating is not the best word because like we were literally like, wow, we need to do an episode real quick. At the same time, we have a big issue to discuss. So it kind of like came in at the same time. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I had like kind of a crazy schedule comment or conflict that came up. One of those out of the blue, once in a blue moon sort of situations. And uh, I'm glad, Drew, that you've been able to uh, work with me to uh, bring <laughs> our audience this uh, this random episode. But I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, the. Uh, uh, what was I saying? So Peter had a weird schedule. We had to make this work to do a show. We were discussing how do we what are we going to do? And then this news story broke that needs to be discussed. So. If this is your first time listening to us, we have this um, – we normally, like, talk about things we're watching and reading. Then we talk about the news, and then we do a top five list. Well, we have one topic on the news block. We didn't – We I guarantee Peter didn't have time to watch anything. <laughs> I yeah. didn't have time to watch anything. We're literally, we're literally turning around in a day and doing an episode. Um, so this is going to be kind of a little more of a bonus episode, and um, – it's uh, the way I look at it is that it's um, we, we just have one news story that we really need to discuss. So treat this as an offshoot episode. We will return to our regularly scheduled program next week. So the list we talked about that we were going to do will be postponed to next week. Um, Absolutely. People, yeah, go ahead. You tell oh, no, I was going to say before we jump into everything, I did want to ask you one really important question, though, and that's uh, have you mowed your lawn yet? <laughs> No, <laughs> I'm just kidding, because <laughs> last week we had that long discussion about, you know, we got to mow our lawn one more time, you know, this season, and then we'll be good to go for the year. So I just thought I'd touch base with you on that important <laughs> issue. Yeah, but, no, uh, I'm, now I'm putting off mowing the lawn until uh, like one more day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now that that issue is settled. Uh, yeah. What else is going on? So let's talk about um, this. I don't really know how to bury the lead. Like, I don't really know how to, like, jump on this. I want um, this hit the Internet. This caused this made me kind of like pause for a moment of panic um, and not like a good panic. This wasn't like me being excited. This was me going, what is happening in the world of Marvel? And it's really important that we talk about this because I think I'm concerned that the wrong 
side of the internet is going to take this and freak out. Um, and they're going to like, I just think people are going to take, they're not, they're going to see the headline panic, freak out. They're not going to read the whole article. They're not going to understand what's going on. So that's why what I wanted to say was we're going to, Peter and I are going to try and dissect this as the best we can based on the knowledge we have in front of us. And I'm, and I honestly don't think this is any pause for concern the way I think my brain initially freaked out when I saw the article. Yeah, uh, I think that's, uh, I think that makes absolute did you, sense. Did you read the article? So I read it and I actually ended up watching a couple uh, YouTube videos and stuff about the same subject just because I kind of wanted to get a better grasp of the situation because there is a lot of um, legal jargon and specifics that come in and it's just kind of, uh, you know, you go on to Twitter, for example, or other social media sites and people are all over the place when they talk about the situation. So I ended up kind of going to a couple different sources, but uh, yeah, I, I did uh, read you, into this for you. you so. You might have a little bit more than I do. I did go back. I, not only did I read the article I found, I really read that. And then I went and jumped on the uh, Hollywood Reporter. It was a Hollywood Reporter or was a Vanity Fair. It was Hollywood Reporter who uh, apparently initially broke the story um, to kind of because they were the ones that did like the big interview write up on it before it kind of started filtering from there. So, um, yeah. So, oh, is that your dog? Is that your new dog making noise? Yeah. Yeah, yeah she's like, she's uh, she's in my office with me right now. But uh, if she gets too obnoxious, I might have to kick her out, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's her. <laughs> it's all good. Well, welcome Luna to the top five. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so let's let's not keep our audience waiting anymore. So here's the headline. And this is what made me freak out. Marvel is fighting to keep the rights to Spider-Man, Doctor Strange and other iconic Avengers. Yes. Um, the subtitle to this article on IGN was Marvel. I don't feel so good. Um, so ultimately, Marvel is in a big legal battle right now, along with Disney, and they're kind of stepping up to battle to keep some characters. So Marvel, the heirs, as in the uh, people who are the heir to the fortune of said comic book creator, Stanley, Steve Ditko and Gene Cullen, um, they have filed lawsuits against Marvel and Disney. The suits seek del uh, seek uh, relief, delica delicatory relief that these blockbuster characters are ineligible for copyright termination as works made for hire. Um, I'm gonna we're gonna break that down a little bit. If if Marvel loses this lawsuit, Disney would have to share ownership of characters worth billions. Um, mm -hmm. So basically, Steve Ditko's estate filed a notice of termination on Spider-Man, which first appeared in the comic book form in 1962. Under the termination, provisions of copyright law, authors or their heirs can reclaim the rights once granted to publishers after waiting a statutory set period of time. According to the termination notice, Marvel would have to give up Steve Ditko's rights to its comic iconic character in June of 223. So that means that Marvel would have to give up rights to Spider-Man in June of 23 if Marvel loses this lawsuit. Um, and yeah. that goes, and that now we're using I'm using Spider-Man as the first example here. This goes beyond. So this goes into this would include Black Widow. This would include the X-Men, Hulk, uh, Doctor Strange. Uh, it's a big list. Uh, this also covers Ghost Rider. Um 
uh, let's see, Thor. Um, this is a huge one because it also covers Kirby as well. Like this goes like Hollywood Reporter has a bit of a more breakdown as to what characters this covers. Um, yeah. The uh, let's see here. Marvel is stating Marvel fighting back, claiming that these characters were created as work for hire, meaning Ditko created those characters for Marvel under contract. If proven, this would mean that Marvel, not Ditko, is the original owner of the copyright and therefore cannot have their rights um, over cannot have these rights over these characters terminated. What I find interesting about this whole thing, Peter, is and this really blew my mind here, is that this is the same defense DC Comics used when the creators of Superman attempted to terminate the publisher's rights to the Man of Steel. Absolutely. Funnily enough, Disney has hired the same lawyers that DC used who successfully uh, represented DC in that legal battle. Um, however, Ditko's estate is using the same lawyer that Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster used in their fight with DC. <laughs> so this is literally like almost a repeat case for these uh, these uh, attorneys. And uh, I just found that kind of funny. Um so tell me what you found, because you said you uh, dug into some Internet videos. And well, you know, it's, it was kind of um, I kind of because I did read that Hollywood Reporter article. I actually don't think I was able to find the IGN one, but I kind of ended up going to YouTube and watching a couple of videos just to kind of uh, get a little bit better of an understanding. But you've pretty much broke it down there. I do think there is important words, though, because they said in the Hollywood Reporter uh article that Marvel would have if Marvel loses this lawsuit, they will have to share ownership of these characters. And I don't know if we're going to see a world where Marvel actually loses ownership of Spider-Man or Doctor Strange or any of these other characters. I feel like. From what I've gathered is it's a lot of these heirs to these, uh, you know, all these writers and artists heirs kind of just want their fair share of the profits that Marvel and Disney is getting while these movies go on and make billions of dollars and stuff. I don't know. And it we'll have to see how this plays out. And I'm curious if any of these heirs are going to actually want full copyrights of these characters. And it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. But at this point, it is one of those situations where it's like they are wording that Marvel would have to share ownership. And I think that word share is an important uh, thing to keep in mind. Um, I, where was I going with this? I, I don't know. There, there's just so much to unpack here, but it's kind of uh, one of the biggest things is, yes, this whole situation is kind of a kind of a repeat of DC Comics and the lawsuit lawsuit with uh, um, Joe Schuster and Jerry Siegel over the rights of Superman. And what's unfortunate about that is just, you know, comic books have, especially when you go back to the very old work for hire, like Golden and Silver Age comics, there's unfortunately like this situation has happened a lot where a lot of uh, creators kind of made these really legendary characters and scenarios and stuff. And these companies go on to profit off of it for years. But then the creators themselves and their family and their heirs end up not really getting their piece of the pie in the in the grand scheme of things. And that's what kind of sucks. And as much as like 
we love Disney or we love Marvel. We love the MCU. We want them to keep doing what they're doing. But um, I don't know. It's kind of hard to unpack because you do want to see the creators and their family really get the uh, I guess their chunk of the profit. They We really want to see them compensated, too. And that's kind of where it's uh, it's a very nuanced like issue where it's kind of hard to even know where you sit because on one side on one hand like you want to see the creators compensated um as well as they should be but at the same time like you understand that you know they were working for hire and there's a whole legal like precedent and stuff that they have to go by as well so i'm kind of struggling to know how i even feel about the whole thing you know well, and that's the thing where I wanted to discuss what people are the misconception. If Marvel loses this case and they have to share ownership of that characters, I think people need to understand that does not mean that Marvel is going to not make Spider-Man movies or not make X-Men. Movies. Yeah. And that's not, kind of what I was trying to point out, too. But, yeah, keep going. Uh, they're not going to make the, it's not like Spider-Man comic books are going to stop. I, be, I truly believe this is a these are creators, families who have said where's our cut? You know, why didn't, why didn't my dad or my grandpa get the cut he deserved or that kind of thing? Like when you look at the Jerry and Siegel and Joe Schuster uh, lawsuit, when you look at the bill finger lawsuit, it's kind of like, um, my guy, these people deserve the credit they're deserved kind of situation. Um, yes. in the sense of, uh, the DC situation with she, she and Schuster and then the bill finger situation, it was literally like, give them the credit they're deserved. I don't know. You know what? When we watch a Superman movie, it always says Superman created by Siegel and Schuster. When you watch a Batman movie, it always says Batman created by Bob Kane. And now they've added because of the Bill Finger lawsuit and Bill Finger. So it's Bob Kane and Bill Finger. So both. Um, They do it with Wonder Woman, too. And I wonder if that's DC going, well, we got to give these uh, creators their credit. So, yeah, they get their credit. And I think that's what these Marvel uh, create these Marvel writers creators are looking for. Ultimately, I think that's the plan. Otherwise, we're looking at the potential of losing Marvel, Mar- uh, uh, Marvel losing characters and going, well, crap, now we can't make Spider-Man movies or oh, crap, now we can't make this. Um, I do find it interesting with the Sony rights that Sony is not listed in any of this. Yeah, um, yeah, because, <laughs> that's a good point, actually. Um, they're not listed in any of the articles I found. And I found that kind of interesting just because uh, they have just as much invested in this as uh, Disney and Marvel, um, because they need to hold on to their Spider-Man rights so they can keep making the Spider-Man movies. So, yeah, that's uh, no, that's actually a really good point. I don't know how I would assume you would assume that Sony would have some part in this, but that is very That's a very good point, because honestly, like if Marvel loses the rights to Spider-Man, Sony's kind of screwed. You know, Uh, I feel like Spider-Man's kind of the biggest thing that Sony has going in a lot of ways, you know, with their whole Spider-Verse they're working on. And yeah, I don't even know. (laughs) I don't even know what to think about that point. I didn't even think about Sony not being involved. So that's a very interesting aspect to bring up. Well, it also made me wonder if. It's primarily not necessarily movie related so much as it is comic related. Um, Right. In the articles, 
in the articles and the stuff that I was reading through, I was not finding anything that specifically stated Marvel, I'm sorry, movies versus comics. Um, and we do know that, yes, the movies influenced the comics just as much as the comic books influenced the movies. And the comics are source material. But there's when you read a lot of Marvel articles, unless they're specifically referring to comics, a lot of it's pretty vague, in my opinion, unless they're specifically focusing. Otherwise, they're just like, you know, I've seen I've seen articles where it's like this. Uh, this character is going to like this character is being replaced, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wait, what's going on? And then I read it. and I'm like, oh, it's a comic book thing, you know? Yeah. Um, no, that, that's a good point, too, because it's like Marvel has the rights to Spider-Man, but Sony has the movie rights. And I feel like the movie rights might be a completely different lawsuit that they need to worry about. And to be honest, like the movie, the movies do bring in so much money. But I'm almost curious if um, I know the comic books or the comic books aren't bringing in more money for Spider-Man, for example, than the movies. But I'm kind of curious if merchandise might be the big money grab in this in this case you know disney probably makes a ton of money off spider-man merchandise and maybe that's like i don't know it's it's just interesting to see how it breaks down and like if you know maybe these companies would rather go after disney than sony because merchandising might be the big uh cash cow in the situation if that makes sense <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um and this really is a money grab more than anything. Um, and I don't, and I really think they just don't want to pay out. And like the concern would be paying out, not just the lump sum of what's owed for credit, but back pay too. Um, yeah. And we're in a position where like, you know, they're somewhat, they're somewhat hurting, if you will, in terms of what, uh, and like Disney, you know, COVID made everyone hurt, but I don't think people think about Disney, for example. Yes, they make money off their movies. And yeah, because they own Marvel Comics, they make money off their comics. But I don't think people realize that the biggest money maker Disney has is the parks. So the amount of money they lost because they had to shut down for COVID, they were still able to pump out movies and work on that stuff. But that's not the money maker the way the park is the money maker. So the theme parks and stuff. So they're they're in a financial position anyway. So they're just so I can see them going, wait, what? You know, so. Yeah. Yeah, it is an interesting situation. I guess like kind of where I'm sitting is I do want like these people who whether it was a work for hire uh, contract or not, like these are these are artists and writers who have created characters who have really influenced like our culture not only in america but worldwide and i do want like their family you know i want their loved ones and their heirs to at least be you know getting a cut of those profits um so it it is kind of like i do want to see disney do the right thing in certain ways and pay them but at the same time like they are going up against disney who like you said like i do understand that they took a hit during covid but they're also like they're disney so you know they're able to hire the best legal team possible and they're this huge juggernaut and i don't know that the that these uh heirs are gonna really be able to win against disney so i mean i guess it's one of those things where if you're a big fan of the current state of marvel comics and the mcu and these characters i wouldn't 
worry too much that Disney is going to lose the rights to these characters, but I do want to see Disney do the right thing and give these heirs like a little bit more of a, a little bit more of a, uh, cut of the profits maybe. And, um, maybe just a little more credit to when they put out movies and stuff, you know, make sure that Steve Ditko's name is in the credits of the origin or of the next Spider-Man movie, which I feel like his name has been in there, but Steve Ditko is an interesting specimen because he kind of like, I know he really grew pretty, as far as I understand, pretty bitter of Marvel comics and even Stan Lee as he aged. Like I know he was very, um, he kind of became like a, a recluse later in life and stuff. And I feel like that's pretty unfortunate because he, you know, he helped craft one of the most iconic characters that's ever, you know, that's ever been, you know, not even just comic books like Spider-Man is one of the most iconic characters of all time. So I do think like, you know, his credit is definitely due for that fact. So. Yeah, yeah. And I and I agree with you. Ultimately, no matter how this plays out, I just hope they kind of do the right thing on that one and make sure these these guys just deserve credit. There's nothing wrong with putting that in the credits. You know, this character created by this, this character created by that. Um, majority of it's, you know, there's so much Stan Lee in that where they're like, you know, characters based on, you know, whatever by Stan Lee. But there's nothing wrong saying, you know, like when Wolverine finally gets in there, you know, like, come on, Wolverine created by Len Wiseman. You know what I mean? We want that. You know, there's nothing wrong with that being in the liner note. Uh, they could literally have a creator's section of the credits and just let it roll. Um, and, yeah, I know we're going to it just makes us wait just a tad longer for our bonus scene. But at the same time, you know, we can wait just a little bit for our bonus scene. So absolutely. Um, kind of uh, not to go off on a big tangent, but there is a really good um, I wish I looked it up beforehand, but there's a really good documentary documentary it's something to the effect of in search of steve ditko which uh does a really good job of telling the steve ditko uh story how like he had such a good hand in um like with spider-man he had such a good hand in um sort of portraying that character even from an emotional sense like his artwork was just did such a good job telling those stories and uh also like just the aesthetics behind Dr. Strange and a lot of things we know and love about Dr. Strange, like Steve Ditko had such a good hand in. And if you're able to hunt down the, I don't, I don't remember who put it together, but there's a really good Steve Ditko documentary out there. Cause like I said, Steve Ditko ended up becoming kind of a recluse uh, later in life. And it was somebody who was just a huge fan of his work on Spider-Man and Dr. Strange, who, just kind of wanted to hunt him down and let Steve Ditko know how much his work meant to him. And I, if you're able to hunt down that documentary, it's a really good watch, but that's, <laughs> that's a total tangent. But yeah, I guess as far as the whole Disney lawsuit comes, like, I feel like I've kind of explained my feels on it. And it's kind of, it's kind of a nuanced issue that it's hard to know how to feel, but it'll be really interesting to see how this shakes out, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and we're unfortunately we're at a point where we can sit and talk about it. And we can speculate, but at the same time, we're eventually going to have to go. Well, we're stuck. Yeah. waiting. Let's see how it plays out. You know, yeah, to, to me, the reality of the thing is I feel like Disney is going to win because they're this huge corporate juggernaut who can afford such a good legal team. And it's it's really hard to go against Disney. 
But I do uh, hope so that they power, do. It's, it's the power of the mouse. Let's put it that way. Absolutely. Um, but I do, I do hope they do the right thing and give some sort of extra compensation to these heirs, you know, of these people who are so, so instrumental in creating um, the Marvel universe that we know and love. So I, I really hope they do give them more compensation. But the reality of it is I feel like, you know, it's hard to go on a lawsuit against Disney and actually win, <laughs> unfortunately. So, <laughs> right. Well, how about this? Um, let's we couldn't do. I know this is kind of a different episode than normal, um, but let's do um, let's run our top five for the night because we can't do an episode without doing a top five list. And uh, absolutely. When we were going to discuss this, um, actually, how about this? Let's just jump to our list and uh, have Ryan uh, before I explain too much. Ryan, can you do me a favor and uh, roll the thing? for the top five. All right. Uh, so, Peter, here's what we're going to do. So, you know, Peter, our listeners, Peter and I were talking um, about how we were going to handle this episode because we got to do a top five list. And this is kind of a shotgun in the dark. Let's sit down and talk and uh, <laughs> try and maybe hash this out a little bit. And at the end of the day, we don't know much more than you. We just kind of read the articles, but we basically want everyone to relax and not worry. However... Let's pretend we have to worry and uh, the MCU gets completely shaken up and we need to create all new Avengers teams and all that nonsense. So <laughs> um, I don't we can't we can't speak to uh, who what characters are not available or would be available or whatever. So th the idea is this is Peter and I each five picks, no honorable mentions. We get five. And uh, we have to uh, draft an Avengers team um, and create a top five list based on uh, a new team up uh, for a movie if we were going to pitch it. Um, so I figured this would be kind of a fun conversation just for a quick one off kind of a thing. And uh, yeah. So, um, ooh, I need to you know what I didn't do? I didn't open the handy dandy spreadsheet. Whoops. I'm just <laughs> clicking all kinds well. of wrong stuff here. Well, while you're working on that, <laughs> while you're working on that, like uh, Drew kind of explained, this list is a little last minute, so we really had to throw it together. But I think it's a really fun list, and uh, I don't know, putting together superhero teams is really fun. So every person on my list, at least, is someone who has been on one or another iteration of the Avengers. But I think it's kind of cool to put together a five person team and uh, keeping in mind, like the different skills that you want to include and, uh, you know, kind of putting together a team and that team dynamic and trying to figure out what would work. You know, you don't want to have uh, five different characters who all have the same or similar powers. You know, you want your team yeah. to have a lot of different skills and it's yeah. kind of putting <laughs> it's kind of putting together like your dream like D and D group together sort of thing. Like you have to have your barbarian, you have to have your controller, you have to have your uh, cleric and whatnot. And I think that's a really fun sort of topic to go into. Um, but of course this is the comic ver book version of that. So what kind of, I mean, this is a peek behind the scenes, but what kind of started as our top five favorite Avengers kind of turned into a different scenario and uh, I think it's just a really fun sort of slapdash last minute sort of uh, list that we put together here. 
Well, and this is where I want to say that, um, you know, the Avengers, you got to understand something here with the Avengers. Um, we have the Avengers team, and I have my handy-dandy Marvel encyclopedia in front of me to kind of help me break this down a little bit. Because uh, I didn't know how big this conversation was going to go. So we have the you have the huge Avengers breakdown. And when we found out that we were doing the Avengers um, movie um, the first question that I feel like the majority of my friends started asking was, what's the team? Like, who is, the team? you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that really like uh, kind of set things in motion, like who are we talking about? What team members, you know, um, are they going to, you know, yes, we have the, uh, the movies that we've been watching, but is that going to be our team? Or are we going to be finding other players as well? Because, you know, the Avengers eventually disbanded um, and then you had the new Avengers, uh, which was a completely different team. And then you had uh, the Dark Avengers, you had the Mighty Avengers. Um, let's see here. Uh, then you have the Avengers Initiative. Um, then you have uh, Avengers West. Is that what it was? Yeah, Avengers West Coast. Um, yeah, the young Avengers. So like anyone who's considered an Avenger is, you know, this is a situation where there's so many. And I remember reading, um, Avengers disassembled when the team split up. So it was like the original Avengers team, it split up and then you started new Avengers. When I read Avengers disassembled, there's a shot of several of them kind of like lined up and ready to go. And it's just like, holy cow. Um, uh, there's characters I didn't realize were considered Avengers, if you will. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. It's kind of like uh, on the DC side of things, like the Justice League is so all encompassing. It's kind of funny to see how many different characters have like at least even honorary uh, sort of places within the Justice League, even though you think of the Justice League as being this sort of uh, core, like six or seven superheroes there. It's kind of like when you see the picture of them all together, it's just like, oh, wow. Like, I didn't realize all these characters were in there, which is uh, I mean, obviously, like the Justice League unlimited animated animated series showed that off really well. But I just think it's it is funny that there's the Avengers and the, the Justice League has such a wide uh, grasp on all these different heroes. And it's kind of a funny thing that's happened over time, but it is what it is. <laughs> Your favorite Marvel character is probably on the Avengers is basically what I'm saying here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I need to look up a specific character though. Okay. Um, did you want me to jump into my list? Yeah, go ahead. I got to look up like one character because uh, there's one character that's kind of a legacy character and it's like, make sure I'm like talking about the specific one. Okay, uh, cool. When I say legacy character, basically it means that you run into characters who, um, this is that situation where, uh, characters like costume changes and, uh, people become different. Like it's kind of like, uh, the Falcon right now is Captain America in the MCU, not Steve Rogers. So someone else is now Captain America. And this is one of those things where I want to make sure I'm talking about the right individual. So. Okay. Uh, fair enough. Um, well, I can jump into my, per- my first pick on my team while you're looking that up. Um, yeah, so ahead. as I mentioned, this list for me started as like my five favorite characters and kind of had to switch into more of a tactical team sort of outlook on this list. So I had to change a couple things up, but, um, I started thinking about 
when you're putting a superhero team together, there's different scenarios you can encounter because you can have your sort of covert, like quiet missions where the team has to sneak into a compound or something and accomplish a task. And you can also have the crazy apocalyptic scenario where your team's like stuck in a barracks and they're trying to fight off zombies or, you know, whatever, like an alien invasion. And you have to keep both ends of that spectrum in mind. Like there's the quiet mission type stuff and there's the huge bombastic apocalyptic events. And uh, one of those one of those roles you really need for these events is a uh, you need a sharpshooter. You need somebody who is really good at ranged combat. And for me, I couldn't think of anybody better for the job than Hawkeye. So my first pick is actually Hawkeye. Um, this is a character who I liked all right in the comics, but I think the movies this is one of those characters that the movies really sold me on Hawkeye. And I just think he's a really fun character. And I. I really appreciate his, his skills as a marksman. And um, yeah, this is just kind of my ranged character that I picked for my team. So, Drew, I don't know if you have any thoughts on Hawkeye or if you want to move into your next pick or, you know, what you're thinking um, here. But I'm a little, that's, that's surprised, my first I'm pick. A little surprised you're going with um, uh, a movie Avenger. Um, <laughs> and I only say that All right. I, I'm a little, I, and I always say that because, you know, in the realm of like, because I'd hate for us to be like, well, yeah, because we got, we're, we're putting our things right back into the, you know, right back into. Well, 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 I mean, I mean, Hawkeye's a, a comic Avenger too. I guess I was just explaining like the movies is kind of where I fell in love with the character as opposed to the oh, comics is all, gotcha. is all I'm it's saying. A, it's okay. I have one of them on my list too. So, so. Um, I just, I just think, I just think it's funny. Like we're talking about the possibility of like, what if we lost you know, DC Marvel, Marvel can't use these characters and we have to have suddenly like a whole new team. And we're like, well, yeah, put Hawkeye back on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, 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 no I, I, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't screw with anything. Um, well, I'm going to go off the beaten path for a minute. Um, actually, how about this? I'll stick with one of my movie, uh, a movie situation. Um, I agree with your Hawkeye statement. Um, you do want someone with range combat. I do like I have this thing where I always gravitate towards the street level characters. That doesn't necessarily mean they don't have powers, but they're not the godlike characters. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? So absolutely. Uh, that's it's kind of like I want the Hawkeyes. I want the Black Widows. I want the Batmans. Like I want the ones that are like the normal dudes, if you will. Um, the character that I would want on my team, no matter what would happen, is I'd still want the Black Widow on my team. Um I've read enough Black Widow comics and seen what I've seen in the movie. So, yeah, of course, I'd still want her to be played by Scarlett Johansson. But my point is, is the fact that whether you're talking comic books or movies, I'd still want Black Widow on my team. Um, having that espionage background, having that. Um, uh, yeah, she could still technically be a sharpshooter. Um, if you watch the Black Widow movie, you can see like how, you know, she's good with weapons, you know, um, in general. So, Yeah. Um, she'd be just a good one to have on the team. So, yeah, I don't know if you have anything to add on that, but and I don't need no, to go no. off on how much I like Black Widow, but <laughs> no. And yeah, no arguments there for me. Like, I think she's definitely a great pick and especially like her espionage background and stuff besides just the mark marksmanship, which you brought up, like she would definitely be a great addition to your team. So, uh, yeah, I definitely I definitely no no arguments for me for this one. So, OK. 
And uh, go ahead. What's your next one? Okay, so my next pick is, and it's kind of funny, like, I do know, Drew, I feel like you do tend to lean towards the sort of street level characters. And I actually tend to lean towards the godlike characters, which is kind of funny. Like, Drew, I know your favorite uh, superhero is Batman and mine is Superman. So you can definitely see that dichotomy there. But uh, that actually leads pretty well into my next pick, which I went with Thor. Um, Originally, I was actually going to go with Hulk with the Hulk for this situation. But I ended up switching to Thor because every team needs its muscle. And I think Thor on my, you know, small team that I put together, I feel like Thor is kind of the muscle here. But I feel like when it comes to Thor, not only sort of um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, not not only not only sort of like using the power of like uh I can't like uh, sort of being a lightning rod and using that to like shoot lightning at other characters. I couldn't think of the right word there, but not only that, but also just him being a super powerful character, kind of the way that he uses his hammer to fly around, I think is really cool. I think uh, Thor is just a really cool character. I, like I said, I want my team to have some muscle and originally I wanted to go with Hulk Hulk and Thor are both like, up there with like some of my favorite members that have ever been on the Avengers team. But I think I went with with Thor because depending on which whichever iteration of the Hulk you go with, sometimes he's definitely a wild card. And like I said, with your team, you have to think of sometimes you need those covert moments and your team is trying to do something very covertly. And I feel like having somebody Again, depending on which iteration of the Hulk, but having somebody who is a little bit of a wild card might not be the best choice, even though sometimes it makes for a better, (laughs) better story. But uh, for my team, I really wanted to go with Thor for this role. And this is a character who I really I really liked in the movies. I used to not like Thor in the comics because I was kind of like, well, if I read comics, I want to read a superhero story and not a. a myth- mythological story, but I've kind of come around on that aspect and I've, I like him in the movies. I like him in the comics a lot, but this is a character who was, who was also on the original Avengers team, which is pretty cool. So uh, yeah, that's, that's my next pick drew. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this one or if you wanted to move into your next pick here. Well, I, I like what you said about, you know, your point on Thor. My thing with the Hulk is like, I feel like he's a little too unpredictable. Like you can't absolutely. You, there's, I mean, yes, he's definitely one of the big muscle characters, but at the same time, it's like he's you can't you can't predict he's not going to stay angry. You're not going to predict he's yep. gonna angry because he's always trying to control it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And, 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 and it's like I was saying, like the Hulk is he'd be good for that zombie apocalypse situation where you need somebody out there just taking out your enemies. But if you're trying to do something more covertly, he's not necessarily the best choice, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, and it's just because you can't send him in and suddenly like, okay, I hope he doesn't get pissed off. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So, yeah. Well, so Thor makes sense. Um, let's talk about, um, my muscle, um, is I'm choosing captain America. Okay. Uh, nice. This is a, this is a leader situation. This kind of this piggybacks off of the Black Widow Captain America um, duality. I guess you could say we saw it in a Winter Soldier. Um, I really liked their um, 
their back and forth in terms of them working together as a team. And I really, really enjoyed that. And I felt they complemented each other really well. And that's where I was like, you, I feel like you need to have the team aspect and you need to have the trust aspect between them. And I think those two being top of the game, leading everyone in charge, that kind of stuff. Um, and then Captain America being the super soldier that he is, he's just the guy that he's always going to stand back up. Um, so and he'd, he'd be a good leader dynamic. And that's why I chose him for my my team. So absolutely. Captain America made my short list. Um, I've always I think I've always liked Captain America's personality more than his powers. And that's just kind of a personal choice. But I do think he's definitely like you said, like the leader aspect of this character, like he is such a good pick. Um, he also fits the role of the muscle. And as far as like tactically, like he's definitely a really good pick. So no, no arguments for me for this one either. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, man. What are you, uh, what's your next one? Okay. So, so I did just mention tactics and, uh, that kind of leads a little bit into my next one because I went with Iron Man and, uh, the reason I went with Iron Man, there's actually a lot of reasons, but if we're going to stay on tactics, like Tony Stark is obviously like a genius in a lot of different ways, whether it's scientifically, technologic, technologically, uh, I feel like he is a, uh, he, he would be very good to have on your team as a tactician, but leading into the more technology, technological aspects like Tony Stark, not only as far as like in the comics and in the movies and in the old Iron Man series, like you see what he can do with technology and nanotech and how this is a guy you want if you want to sort of break into any system you're going into or if you need somebody to get suited up at last minute when something's going down, like Tony Stark has so many tricks up his sleeve with as far as the nanotech and the different suits and the different gadgets that he has. Um, I also thought about Iron Man as far as I feel like um, in, in the old cartoon as well in the movies, like I feel like he, there's so many instances where you have these sort of like Iron Man, like drone bots, like you especially saw them shown off in the Iron Man three movie where <laughs> Tony Stark Stark was kind of like fighting with like a, a like an army of Iron Man drones. And I feel like that's a good thing to keep in mind. Like this is a character who has so much technology uh, in his back pocket that like you could really go against like a pretty big force with just the sort of uh, like I said, the Iron Man drones that he has at his disposal uh, uh, at his disposal and the uh, just all the technology he has. And uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm kind of running in circles, but I think, you know what I mean, Drew? <laughs> so I don't know if you have any thoughts on this pick in general, but uh, I thought Iron Man would be a great pick for my team. So you like Tony Stark? <laughs> <laughs> He, he, he's 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 all right. But as far as putting a superhero team together, I think he's definitely a great pick, you know. Right. I don't know if I would have sided with the Sokovia Accords, but I totally hear you. There's no. And and that's that's how that's where I'm at, too. Like, I don't necessarily agree with him on everything ideologically, but I do think that he is a good pick to have on your team. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sure. Well, what's interesting is when I read comics, Tony Stark drives me nuts. Like, I cannot stand him in the comics, but I love like almost every Iron Man, Tony Stark scene that happens in the movies. Uh, 
And Absolutely. It, I just think it's interesting. And I don't know if it's an issue of writing or if it's an issue of how it comes across on paper. I really don't know. Cause like you can go like you watch all the movies and then you go back and read a comic and you can kind of see where the Robert Downey Jr. is. But I don't know if that Robert Downey Jr. was always there um, in the comics on the comic side of things. And it's just there's some things that come out of the character's mouth when you're reading it on the page that it just I'm like, oh, my God, you're an ass and I can't stand you. And it's like, you know, so I don't always agree when it comes to the comic book level. So. No, I absolutely agree. Like, I 100 percent agree with that because Tony Stark is like he's an alcoholic and he's a millionaire and he's a playboy. And I feel like the charisma of uh, Robert Downey Jr. playing that character really, really sold that character to a lot of people worldwide. And I feel like in the comics, like the first time I read an Iron Man comic, I was like, I don't really know if I like this guy. So I'm definitely there with you. But at the same time, because this list was kind of switched to being like put together an Avengers team, I was like, well, tactically, I really want this guy on my team <laughs> sort of thing. So I definitely agree with all your comments on the uh, the comic book side of things, though. Right. Um, what was I saying? Uh yeah. So how about this? Let me move on. Um, my third one for the night is, you know, I have two of them that are not that we have not seen in the MCU yet. And two, nice. and, and they're two that I'm pulling from the comics. So I'm going to save those for the end. Um, the, the I'll do. So my third pick for the night is going to be the Scarlet Witch. Um, I've talked heavily about how she's one of my favorite Marvel characters of all time. Um, she's been an Avenger. She's been an X-Men. She's got incredible, like reality altering abilities. So essentially if, uh, my team against your team and I really was like, really wanted to get rid of your Tony Stark, I could just say no more Tony Stark. And that's the end of the conversation. Um, yep. um, but Scarlet Witch, um, she'd be like my godlike character on my team. Um, and I know I'm basically like just looking at it like, wow, you're totally building Captain America's Civil War team. Kind of. But when you see my other two pictures, <laughs> you know, um, but uh, but no, yeah, Scarlet Witch, um, I've always liked and I can't wait to see more when we get to the next the, the coming movies and stuff like that. So absolutely. So um, we actually matched for this one. Um, and like I've said before, like I haven't read a ton of Scarlet Witch comics Um but I really I think it's the movies and especially the WandaVision show really sold this character on me. Drew, I know you've talked about before the um, House of M storyline where it really showcased. I won't spoil anything, but it really showcased how powerful Scarlet Witch is. And I feel like knowing that as well as even what you what you've seen in WandaVision, like how she took over a whole town and held that perimeter perimeter and stuff she is such a powerful character and when you think of who do you want on your team like if you have somebody who can hold a perimeter that well like yeah i want scarlet witch on my team but it's also one of those things where in the movies like ever since she was introduced in the mcu i kind of liked this character like i liked her her power set but i kind of felt like we didn't get to see a lot of her personality we didn't get to see a lot of what she could do Almost until WandaVision, really, like I, I was like, OK, so she can kind of levitate and she can kind of do some magic stuff. She can kind of shoot 
you know, balls of energy at people, which by the way, shooting balls of energy at people is one of the greatest powers you can ever have. But I was always fond of her in the MCU, but I really feel like WandaVision really gave us a really in-depth peek into who this character is, as well as like, maybe, maybe it was even only the tip of the iceberg, but it started to show us what all she can do. And she is such a powerful character that I just had to pick her for, for my team. But she's also a character that I've kind of grown to appreciate, even though it's not, I haven't read a ton of comics with her. Um, I know she's like a lot bigger of a piece in the X-Men comics, which X-Men has never been my go-to, but I, uh, I've really started to appreciate this character. And I thought she would be a great pick for my team, not only by the, by the fact that I've been enjoying this character a lot more and more as time goes on, but also from the whole tactical, like there's so much she can do. There's so much she can do for your team. Like, why wouldn't you pick this character sort of thing? So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, (laughs) So I guess that rolls to my number two, and this is where I'm going to go into a character that you guys, that we have not seen in the films yet. um, And that is Jessica drew spider woman. Um, Nice. She has been an Avenger. She was on the new Avengers team. Um, if you know your comic book history, yes, I understand that there's an issue of her potentially being a Hydra agent and or possible scroll. But um, if you read through the comics, you understand that there was a lot to that. And she is she is a uh, uh, she's a very formidable member of the new Avengers team uh, with her electric blasts. Uh, her spider-like abilities. Um, Jessica Drew is a really cool character, and as I read through the New Avengers story arc, it really kind of made me seek out some of her specific comics, Um, and she's a lot of fun to read as a character. So, yeah, Spider-Woman lands for me. Um, I don't know if you are familiar with Spider-Woman in terms of, like, you know, your reading, um, or, uh, yeah, I guess you're reading because we haven't seen her really in anything besides the comics. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, I'm a little familiar with her, like I've encountered her in comics here and there. Is there any reason why you'd like pick her above uh, Spider-Man, for example? Um, Well. There's this is kind of a she, well. Above Spider-Man, not necessarily um, her. Something here is she can fly. She does have the super. She does have the electricity blasts. Um, she, there's spider, she's Spider-Man has powers and stuff, but I feel like she's falls under the classic line of a superhero with the sheer number of abilities she has Spider-Man. Yes, he can climb on walls and he's got super strength, but the spinning the webs thing, that's his own creation. You know what I mean? I feel like he's limited in terms of what he can and cannot do comparatively. Um, so I think that's where, like, in terms of, like, if I'm looking for a spider character on my team, I'm just going with her simply because of the extra powers added to the situation. So. No, I think I think that's all that's all really great calls. And uh, yeah, no, that's definitely sounds like an awesome addition to your team. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Good call. There. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> uh, check out New Avengers, like read through that story arc. She's awesome. Um, nice. So- anyway, uh, what's your final pick of the night, man? Yeah, so my final pick is a character we've seen in movies before, but not in the MCU. And uh, that's a that character is Wolverine. And uh, this is a character that I picked for my team. 
I mean, there's there's so many different things I like about Wolverine, but the real thing is is this is a, is a character who, no matter what your team is trying to accomplish, at the end of the day, even if all of your team is destroyed and obliter- obliterated, Wolverine is a character who is going to be fighting till the end. And like really like till the end, like I remember if you want to look at the comic side of things, like I remember there was a uh, Wolverine versus Punisher comic where it showcased how the Punisher like literally blew like shot Wolverine's face off where it, it all you see is Wolverine's skull, adamantium skull left there and he re- regenerates and comes back to fight the uh, Punisher. And I feel like there's comics um where Wolverine's been beaten down even more <laughs> where like this is a character who you just he just can't die in so many ways and I feel like Wolverine is the character who when he's on your team he's going to be fighting to the, till the bitter end not only because of his personality but because of his powers and uh I just thought he would be a good pick um I just think this is a character just as far as uh, character wise, and I mean like the character, like the individual's character, I think he is somebody you want on your team. I think uh, just Wolverine's awesome for so many different ways. And I feel like we all know and love Wolverine, so I don't have to go too in depth with that. But I just feel like this is somebody who can not only be muscle on your team, but he's also just, you know, he's going to kick ass for whatever. Um, whatever thing you're trying to accomplish as long as he possibly can, which could be forever, you know? So that's why I picked Wolverine for my last, uh, my last pick. Yeah. And I'll tell you, uh, we actually matched on black guy. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. We actually match on Wolverine on this one. Um, Wolverine. Um, if you read, uh, the new Avengers as well, uh, Wolverine is on the Avengers. He is part of the team. Um, and there's a little bit of trepidation at the beginning of it when he's like, dude, I'm an X-Man. I got to do the I have my responsibilities over here. And they're like, yeah, well, you could do both teams, that kind of thing. Him yeah. being on the him being on the Avengers is such a cool addition. Um, but as I read through Marvel Comics, Wolverine really is probably one of my if I had to make a list of my favorite Marvel characters, period, he definitely would make the top 10. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think one of the things I like about him so much is that he's very like, eh, screw it, I got this. Like, you know, like he doesn't like. There's a moment of he doesn't care. Like he could get knocked down, shot, like like all this like horrible things could happen. He's still like, no, I got this, and he'd come up and like still punch you in the face and do that. You know, Um, he just keeps on going. Um, He's that brawler. His abilities keep him like, um, but his his healing abilities just keep him in the game. and I, I, I like that brazen attitude. I also like in if you were to put Wolverine in a D&D alignment, I feel like he would be chaotic good where he always has the best intention. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. But questionable methods, you know. So um, and I really feel like, you know, when I'm stacking up a team with Captain America, Black Widow, I mean, Black Widow, I feel like she's a little chaotic good, too. So her and Wolverine would come come. Um, would compliment themselves really well. And I got Captain America, who's just lawful good straight to the course. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really feel like, you know, you need to have that dynamic when you're putting these things together. So, um, but yeah, so we match on Wolverine. I just think that's kind of funny. I was not expecting that to happen. I expected to match on something else. So, no, I, I think Wolverine, like Wolverine's honestly, 
I want to say top three, but definitely in my top five favorite Marvel characters. And he's been on a lot of different teams, but like he definitely has a presence on the Avengers, which kind of like I wish he could have that presence in the movies as well. But uh, no, it is awesome that we matched. I thought because you were talking about different comic book picks and stuff, I thought you were going to go with something really obscure for your last pick. But it's awesome that we both matched on this for our number one or, you know, the last pick that we mentioned, because he is the character who if all of his teammates are dead, he's going to continue fighting the fight. And that's what's, you know, in a nutshell, like that's one of the things that's really awesome about him. So, no, this is really cool that we matched there. You know, uh, I can't I can't wait to see Wolverine in the. Uh, um, MCU when we finally get there. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, all right. So, everybody, here's what's going to happen. We're going to kind of bring this episode to a close. Um, we were supposed the episode we were supposed to do is going to be us discussing our favorite movie opening sequences. Um, that clearly has not happened because we Peter's throwing me a curveball in terms of our schedule. And um, it kind of worked out with the fact that we had to talk about this episode, this uh, touching issue. I'd like to tell everyone to relax, calm down. You're not losing your characters. And I doubt anything's going to really happen. This is an issue of the people who feel they deserve the rights of these characters get the proper credit that they deserve. And that's, I think, what's really happening here. So, um, everyone relax and chill and enjoy and, you know, just know we got some really cool movies coming and we got some announcements from Disney coming November 12th cause that's Disney plus day. So I can't wait to see what they have in store. Um, us doing our top five movie openings. We're going to save that for next week. So yes, we pushed it a week, but, um, it'll be worth the wait cause I think it'll be a good conversation. Uh, Peter, do you have anything else before we throw this episode in the can? No, I think I think that about does it. This was a really fun, just last minute <laughs> episode to put together. But I, I had fun with this one for sure. And there wasn't much work. It was really like, dude, we need to do an episode. OK, cool. We got something big to talk about anyway. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. So. All right. So if everyone do us all a favor, um, check out our website, top five report dot com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with the link to our email top five report at gmail.com. You can interact with the show there. Hit us up on our social media. Either way works. Uh, we are on Google play. iHeartRadio, stitcher, Apple podcasts. You can subscribe to us in those places. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. Uh, you can also uh, leave us a review, which we love those five stars, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better. And it makes the words we say feel important. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at drew three, nine, two, seven, uh, Peter, Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre. And that's where I'll be reminding you that there is, in fact, more than one word in Eminem's Venom chorus. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. All right. Um, All right, everybody. For the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And thanks for listening. Have a good night.